Welcome to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. This podcast is your weekly guide to effective budgeting, planning and future-proofing of your family's finances. Because money matters to every family and every family matters at Old Mutual. Enjoy the show. My name is Diana and this is the Family Finance Show, the podcast to help you manage your family's finances better. Every week, we share an episode on topics relating to increasing your family's income and managing expenses, controlling your debt, and investing for the future. Welcome to the Family Finance Show, and thanks so much for listening. Today, Warren Ingram is back on the show to talk about family holidays. Welcome, Warren. Thanks so much for for having me on the show again. So I think I've been looking forward to this topic, this specific topic for the longest time, because I know that we both love going on holiday and we both prioritize this spend item in our budget. So maybe we can start off with a favorite childhood holiday memory. Do you have anything that sticks out? Favorite childhood memory? Uh, I think it was, it it wasn't very glamorous, I can tell you. I think it was uh, a Swellin Dam in the Cape uh, and, and it was one of those kind of real farm stay places where you know you you rent out an old farmhouse and we had a whole bunch of uh, different families all around us and and I think we did you know we, we it wasn't you know going into a city or into a coffee shop I think we spent the whole holiday you know w- wandering around this farm and just you know spending the time as kids just out in in the wild almost if you if you can say and and, and for me that was certainly uh, right up there as an all-time favorite yeah, I think uh, with kids, you don't need to go on any fancy holidays. I have the same childhood memories. We never stayed in hotels or anything like that. We always camped. My parents loved camping and we went all around Southern Africa. And uh, it was just great to be outdoors and to be away from home and discovering new places. So yeah, that was that was my childhood full of camping holidays. And recently, any any standout holidays recently that you've oh. taken with your wife? Wow. Well, I mean, so, 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 you know, I have to start because pe- people are going to always think I'm crazy. So, so it's double income, no kids uh, yes. and, and a massive priority on holidays over cars and, and everything else. So, so we travel a heck of a lot um, and, and for fun. So, you know, in the last while, uh, I mean, the things that stand out for me would be uh, would be Madagascar. I think that was a, a, certainly a, a, a trip uh, a trip of a lifetime for me, uh, and it compared, I think, really well with a place like the Maldives. You know, and actually, I think actually a little bit better than the Maldives. In, in, in all honesty, um, we've done uh, we've done a heck of a lot in in the wild. So, uh, you know, we've done uh, Lion Sands, which which I thought was really lovely. Uh, you know, just an incredible experience to go. You know, in, in that sort of Kruger area. Uh, you know, quite a few years ago now, we, we've done uh, Serengeti and Gora Gora Crater and and then a little uh, kind of unheard of gem uh, um, called Mafia Island, which is south of, of Zanzibar Island. Uh, you know, again, one of those places that's not really uh, kind of overcrowded with tourists, which is a, which is a big thing for me. Uh and Reunion Island wasn't bad either. So, so we try and do a lot of islands. That's kind of our goal. We've got this book called The 500 Islands You Must Visit Before You Die. And I'm doing my best to, to clock it as we go. <laughs> Sounds like you've been to some lovely islands and lovely places. And, and I think, in my opinion, there's no better way to spend your money. Um, definitely travel's been a priority for me too. And I think just from my side, Cuba in 2011 was well, probably one of 
my most favorite holidays. Um, and I think it was because it was just such an authentic experience. I just loved that way of traveling. And I, I found a guy online who booked all the places for me. I stayed in little cusses, which are like B&Bs. And I saw such an authentic side of of the country, something that you wouldn't see if you if you stayed in big chain hotels, which is my preference. Everyone has a different preference for holidays, obviously. And then I think with my husband, uh, Namibia is my favorite. Uh, such a great, such a great and unusual place. Amazing landscapes. Botswana also pretty cool. So yeah, we we are lucky that we have those memories, and I think that's also a great part of. Um, you spending your money on holidays is that you left with memories, not something that's thrown away after you finished using it. So holidays are something that lasts forever in your memory. I agree. And, you know, I think it's, um, it's important as well. If you know, if you are in a, in a family, uh, you know, that the, the, that the family agree on those as a, as a priority. And, uh, and, and my wife in the early days, uh, you know, felt that it, she just felt it was a bit wasteful for us to spend this money on, on, on all this travel. And, and so one, I had to find, you know, um, ammunition uh, to, to, to kind of help convince her that we were, we weren't wasting the money. And what, one of the things that I found is there are actually studies on, on what makes us uh, happy, you know, and I'm not saying happy in the sense of being happy every day, that's an impossibility, but, but what are the things that if one were to spend money would actually cause you to feel better or feel, you know, better than you were, would having not spent the money. And one of them is spending money on experiences, and most importantly, uh, on shared experiences with other people, and and there's a whole you know there's a whole psych- psychology around that. You know, it's the anticipation of the of the event and planning it, and and then actually going on the event, and then it's the months and the years thereafter where you spend time reminiscing about you know the, all, all the adventures that you've had, and and so that was kind of kind of part of the logic that I used to, in the early days to convince her to put this into our budget because it was it's, it certainly became our biggest line item in our budget. Uh, and and I must say, uh, I think she's she's a firm convert now. But for people out there, you know, that's one thing I'd say. You know, I, I don't derive a lot of value out of spending money on material stuff, but on a great experience, um, you know, that that really kind of speaks to my soul. I can't, I can't think of a better thing than that than than travel. I see a lot of that in in my travel business. Uh, people have they're spending their hard earned money, which is after tax money and disposable income. So it's a good chunk of their money that they they're spending on holidays, and they really have to be convinced. And I think they're convinced for all those reasons that you've just mentioned. Um, so I'm really lucky in my travel business to be able to plan holidays for people. I think it's the best job in the world for someone who likes to travel as much as me. Um, but what I've learned from that is that every family has its own specific preferences. So some families, they like to do self-drive holidays and they do self-catering. Other families, like I'm thinking of American honeymooners specifically, they they don't want to drive at all. They want all their logistics arranged for them and they want to stay in hotels. Um, really different preferences. And just to tell a quick story about this one client that I have. So I'm very fortunate to have a billionaire client and he's a dollar billionaire. And I don't think I've ever met uh, such, such a man before. Um, although actually I, when I worked at Naspers, I did, I did uh, meet Chris Becker. So he probably counts as well. But anyway, uh, planning this holiday for this amazing family, it's quite, it was quite a stressful thing because uh, the experience has to be flawless. So you have to choose exactly the right experience. So when you were talking about experiences, I was I was really thinking about this because it has to be absolutely perfect. But of course, you don't need to be a billionaire to have a wonderful holiday. Like we spoke about our family holidays at the beginning, 
um, when I was a child, camping was just the perfect holiday for me. So it's not really about the money. Um, there's different holidays for different families and different budgets. So Warren, how should one go about saving for a family holiday? I think it starts with with the, the, the family discussion to to say what what are the most important priorities in our life, uh, you know, and 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 surely you know financial discipline is is going to be one of those, and and I guess if you know if, if it's a family with kids, then you know the education is important, housing and all of those things, and, and then and 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 I, I firmly believe you have to put in uh, you know the things that 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 make us happy or that keep us motivated to make the the trade offs that we need to make when we when we're doing any kind of budgeting exercise. And so I think for for a family, you know, that would be the starting point is to say, you know, let's let's set aside some money on a monthly basis that goes into our holiday fund. Um, and let's decide, you know, what kind of a holiday suits us. You know, as you mentioned, you know, everyone has a preference. And, and then let's start to plan towards that. And let's, you know, let's work towards it. And I think uh, if you start that right at the beginning of your year, whatever your year might be, whether it's a calendar year or a financial year or a tax year, it doesn't matter. That you that that you work towards that, it makes those trade offs so much easier when you say, well, you know, we we can't go out, uh, you know, eating out as a family every night or every you know every weekend because remember we want to go and and camp in you know in, in Namibia for example, and and that's what makes people excited. It's something that we're working towards rather than just saying we can't have. What you're saying now is we we are choosing to do this instead of that, and and so that becomes a much more positive experience. And, and I've, I've seen it quite successfully done with families, with, with, with children when they get a little bit older, to make the children part of that planning process. You know, it's not just the parents coming up with, with the ideas all the time and, and uh, you, you know, then being, uh, being, being held accountable by their kids who say, you know, this is the worst holiday in the world and how could you bring me here, etc. Uh, you know, because I find that's, that's often quite a source of stress for parents, you know, and, and I don't understand it always because I, I would always think, you know, holiday must be amazing for everybody. But... Uh, but I think if you do it as a, as a collective and you, and you and you say, well, you know, we, we, we can, I know one family, uh, you know, uh, give give one person in the in the family every year the veto. So so the, 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 if there are four people in the family, they can decide on something, but the one person gets the veto to say no. That's that's definitely not happening. Uh, and, and there are various ways you can do it, but I, but I think it should be part of a monthly uh, bu- budget exercise, and it should be something that everyone plans for. Uh, and then you set that money aside immediately, and and so you, you know you need to know that you're you're going to live on the rest of the money every month, uh, and and that needs to cover all the other things, including your savings and the like. And, and I think for me that would be the the way I would go with with transparency and 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 in, in engaging everybody in the family when they're old enough to start uh, contributing. You know, they don't they don't necessarily have to make all the decisions, but uh, you know I think you know there are probably lots of eleven year olds that would go back to Disneyland every year. Uh, and and that's certainly not going to be for everybody. But but I think it must be something that 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 you kind of do as a collective, whether it's a couple or you know all the kids and the parents in the family together. Yeah, I really like the idea of a joint savings goal because it's something that the family can do together, as you say. And and I, I like that idea about the veto. I hadn't heard of that before because if you get someone in the family who loves ballet and someone who loves dirt bikes, it's sometimes difficult to make a compromise with a holiday. But uh, with enough discussion, I think that you can come up with a holiday that everyone likes and everyone buys into. And if you make it a joint savings goal, and if the kids are a bit older, as you say, you can talk to them about how much will the holiday cost in total? Is it cheaper if we go out of season? How long is it going to take us to save up? So you mentioned starting saving at the beginning of the year. It could be a 
two, three-year plan to go overseas. Maybe you want to go overseas with your family for the first time. So setting the budget, figuring out how much it's going to cost, how long it's going to take you to get there. And I think it's just such a great lesson in general for kids about budgeting, saving for something. And then when the holiday does come, everyone is very excited about it because everyone has contributed. Um, and you could even get the kids to contribute part of their money, uh, pocket money, or somehow they could contribute towards the holiday if that's what you want to do in your family. So yeah, I really like that vision of of joint savings goals, especially for holidays, which are so important for families. Um, and I think that, you know, that's the, the big lesson, uh, you know, I've, I've gathered over the years in, in talking to people who make the, who are successful at setting aside money every month of their lives. It's, it's definitely not something that they do as a, as a way of withholding a benefit or, or you know, it's a sacrifice that they're making. What, what, the way they do that successfully is usually uh, I'm, I'm working towards something. I'm, I'm working, saving towards something. I'm sacrificing or, or compromising for something or trading off for something. And they've got a vision of what that is. And it's, it's, it's something that's so crystal clear in their minds. And I think a holiday especially if it's not too far away, you know, it's something that everyone can visualize. We're going to go to the coast or we're going to go camping or, what, what, you know, we're going to Disneyland. Everyone can look at that online and visualize it and, and work towards that. And, and so I think it's such a positive lesson for life, as you say, and, and about how to manage money just in general, but, but very specifically for, for couples, you know, especially couples that have been together for a short period of time where one, one of the parties might not be the best, uh, you know, the best saver or the best budgeter. This becomes a way that, that, that they can work together and, and actually achieve their goals together. Mm. And so, Warren, as, we, as the couple and the family are working towards that final goal and they say putting money aside each month, where do you recommend they put it, assuming they're going to use it quite soon for the holiday? Yeah, so it's it's, it's an important thing. You know, a lot of the time people are tempted to look for you know the best growth possible on on, on their on their holiday money or their short term money, um, and and of course that's a human response. But what we need to understand is the best growth, unfortunately, comes from uh, you know from things like shares or, or property or bonds or things that that you know that might deliver great returns in good times and and especially over long periods of time, but unfortunately over short periods of time can actually lose money. And, and clearly for a holiday, you know, you can't afford to suddenly rock up at the hotel and say, I'm, I'm afraid 30% of my money got wiped out by the, the recent stock market crash. Can I pay you later? Uh, so, so, so the answer is that you need to save it in, in, a, in a very high interest earning uh, account. And that would usually be a money market account at your bank or, a, you know, maybe a fixed deposit if you can contribute it on a monthly basis. You know, so something that gives you, uh, you know, the most interest, but with no stock market or bond market or property market risk. And then the other solution, which is a little bit more tricky and, and requires a, a bit more discipline from people, is you know if you've got a mortgage, for example, you, you know obviously the, the the rule one is you know pay off the mortgage and get it done as fast as possible, but that's not always possible to do over a three year period. You know you might have a ten year plan for your mortgage, and and I often say to people, you know don't, don't be afraid of using your mortgage if you're disciplined with money. Use it as a savings place as well because. You know, if you owe, uh, you know, let's say your interest on your mortgage costs you 8% a year and, and you put extra money in there for your holiday and you, and you keep uh, clear records and, you know, proper records of what you've put in, which is extra, then you can do that as well. But that requires discipline. It requires record keeping. Uh, and you can't just use that, uh, that that mortgage and the extra money as, you know, the, the fund money that you haven't budgeted for. It must be money that you've set aside on purpose for the holiday, which is in addition to the paying off the mortgage much faster than required by the banks. 
which is also why it's quite important to know how much you're going to spend on the holiday. So you need to have a quite a clear goal in mind in the beginning so that, as you say, you don't get confused about which money is for what. And exactly. The, and, and, yeah, and, and I think the trick there is the quicker you get to, to debt free, you know, the, the, the more money you can spend on holidays, you know, and the more you can allocate to your long term savings, but the more you can, you can allocate to holidays. So always, you know, the, the, the priority must be, uh, you know, get get yourself debt free and, and, and then watch the fun, you know, increase. Mm. Although having said that, um, holidays do seem something quite unimportant and, and frivolous. But um, as you mentioned at the start, they contribute a lot to hap- happiness. And it's it's quite a good starting goal to start working towards as a couple. And as a family, I also consider holidays very important for, for my kids and for the family because as we said at the beginning, that's where you make memories and you strengthen family bonds. And these are the holidays that you're going to remember when you're an adult and potentially have children yourself. Um, and also, I think for, for children's growth and development as well, their personal growth, travel is so great for that because it helps them with independence. Um, they, it can be really transformative because it can really give them also such an appreciation for diversity of people, culture. They can learn about conservation. There's so many different benefits beyond just having fun. So it's, it's definitely a worthwhile goal to save for. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of those things. If you're not if you're not constrained by, by being in the poverty cycle, and and you know you've got some discretionary money, it it should be right up there uh, with with some of the most important priorities for parents. You know, I think, I mean, it sounds funny to say it, but I think there would be a lot less war. You know, there'd be be a lot less uh, conflict in in general if people travelled more. You know, the, the the kind of gross ignorance that we see out of places like America at the you know you know with with the, the elections that passed recently and. And, and you know, and and kind of just this this conflict between the west and the east and the north and the south. Uh, it's amazing how when people travel, that just goes away, and, and we start to realize, you know, we we are different and we do have different cultures, but at, but at our core, we're the same. Um, and and I think that that fear of the unknown is often a cause of of huge uh, co- conflict. And I think to remove that, you know, make the unknown known. And and, and you're 100 percent right. I think for anybody, you know, it, it, definitely for kids, it has a huge impact. But but even for adults, I mean, I you know, I really started traveling probably, you know, only at the age of 22, 23. And, and you know, my, my view of the world changed dramatically, you know, after one trip. And, I mean, you know, many trips later, my, my view of the world keeps expanding. And I think just for careers, everything, you know, every, you know business, everything, relationships, uh, there, there isn't something that doesn't benefit from from seeing different cultures and, and different parts of the world. So, so I definitely think, you know, you should. And, and even if it's not global travel, you know, parents – Spending quality time with their children away from computer screens, you know, away from the TV, away from the pressures of just day-to-day living, uh, you know, it's it's hugely important for the, for the family, for the psychology of everybody, and and then also just for the relationships, you know, those interpersonal relationships, and and a family can live off those memories for an entire year, you know, and, and that gets them through the bad times when they're grumpy with each other and work and pressure is getting them down or exams or whatever it is, uh, and so I think it's you know it's a critical part of growing up if one can afford it. Absolutely. There's nothing that opens your mind more than travel and experiencing different cultures. So Warren, any last tips for people who want to save for a holiday? As we're recording this, we are in entering the holiday season. So potentially this is tips for people to start saving for next year. Anything else you want to add? 
Yeah, I think holidays and, and the money that, that's needed for holidays, unfortunately, don't just happen on their own. You know, I can't tell you how many times I, I chat to friends, uh, you know, pe- people that have the financial means, but, you know, they'll, they'll say to me by, by November, you know, gee, we haven't been on a holiday this whole year. And, you know, that's not an, even in a COVID year, that's just a normal year. Um, and the reason is because they, they just start the year, you know, they, they get going and, and you know, they, they, they kind of wake up, you know, by June saying, gee, we haven't had a break, we're burned out and and you know what what about our budget and what are we going to do so so i would say you know if you're heading into the end of your year one of the things that you should be putting in your in your kind of to-do list for the for the year end is what are we going to do next year how are we going to save for it where are we going to go and actually start planning put it in the diary even if you haven't you know if you work for someone you haven't taken leave put it in the diary anyway because that's the commitment that you're making now And, and actually if it becomes concrete like that and you you commit to it and you start then it's amazing how you know the savings plan kicks into gear you know the actual logistics of getting it done kicks into gear and, and to me that would be the biggest thing is don't don't just expect that it just sort of happens or you know four days before uh, you know you see there's a few public holidays and you might get something firstly you're going to get an expensive holiday and secondly you're not going to get your choices because the people like me have planned ahead and and we've booked out the nice places already and and, and so i think it's about that you know plan ahead uh, you know the, the you know you can get some great low-cost holidays you know with sand parks for example but you have to plan you know you have to book in advance and 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 all around, you know, the best places are not necessarily the most expensive, but they might be very popular, in which case you have to book. So, so plan, uh, save, and, uh, and don't avoid it if you, if, you know, if you can afford it. I think it's a really worthwhile experience. Thanks so much uh, once again for your time and all your perspectives on the Family Finance Show, Warren. So it's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to lots of feedback from people who thank us in the months and years ahead about all the holidays they've been on. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Warren. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast to stay on the journey to improving your family's financial well-being. Thank you for listening to the Family Finance Show with Diana Granu, proudly brought to you by Old Mutual. The time is now to own your financial future. Visit oldmutual.co.za for more great advice, articles, free budgeting tools and calculators, or to find a financial advisor. We'll be back next week.